Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Ashley Rosenberg about her escape wedding at the Yacht Club Gazebo and her reception at the Swan and Dolphin. I thought you guys would be interested to hear how she combined these two venues for her wedding and how everything turned out. So welcome, Ashley. Hi, Carrie. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being on the show today. So I'd love to start at the very beginning and find out how you guys decided that you wanted to combine an escape collection wedding at Disney with a reception at the Swan and Dolphin, because I think a lot of people think of the Swan and Dolphin as a great alternative for a ceremony because they have some low price ceremony packages. But in the past, their receptions have been almost as much as Disney charges. And so it hasn't been sort of the go to. And I'm just curious to know how you guys decided to put those two together. Yeah, sure. So I know we're definitely like a unique combination. I was one of those crazy people who like was planning my wedding before we were even engaged. Like when I knew Matt was the one I was like, all right, I need to start planning this Disney wedding. So I kind of always knew I wanted to get married at Disney. And I had two non negotiables. One was a weekend and one was an evening reception. So I wanted to, you know, see what would work best for us budget wise. And when I started doing the research, being wishes would have just been way too much way too out of our, our price range. And so I kind of, you know, started thinking, okay, well, maybe we could make this escape thing work. And since we're actually local to the Orlando area, I was like, okay, well, you know, I know it's not always traditional, but we could have, you know, most people, friends and things like that just kind of come for the reception and kind of do an off site reception. So then I started like counting up the guests who would actually be coming to this said reception. And I realized they were it was a lot smaller than I was um, anticipating. And so then I started to look into okay, well, what about Swan and Dolphin? And I the first thing I did was, you know, I contacted them to see if their prices were negotiable from what was on the website. And they said that they absolutely would work with us to find something within our budget. So that's kind of how I landed on that. Wow, that's fantastic. So living in the Orlando area, was it a big shock to your friends and family when they found out you were getting married at Disney or was it kind of expected? Oh, yeah, not a, not a shock at all. They, we actually got engaged at Disney on the beach at Polynesian. So we're big. They know my obsession with Disney um, has been around forever. And I kind of dragged Matt into it once he started dating me. I was like, well, you're going to love Disney, too, by the time I'm done with you. So we definitely were that like Disney couple and we go all the time. We have annual passes. So everybody pretty much figured that's where it would be. <laughs> So then how many guests did you invite and how many ended up being able to come? So we invited about 60 total, about 55 ended up making it. So we were pretty close to our total that we invited. We obviously for the escape portion, we had the 18 
guests, um, plus the two of us. So for that portion, we had just the 18 and then 55 total at the reception. And how did you make that distinction? Because I think for a lot of couples, they're a little bit worried about how do you invite someone to this event, but not to the ceremony because escape has the guest limit. Right. And that was something that I definitely stressed about, I think for a while. And you know, I talked to my mom and my sister, like close family members, like, do you think anybody's going to be offended? And, you know, we just kind of figured out a good way to put the wording on the invitation. One of the benefits to being at the Yacht Club gazebo is the lurkers, right? You can have people sort of hanging around the space. It's not like the wedding pavilion where it's inside like closed doors. So we kind of just wanted to promote people viewing from the boardwalk. And so we put that on our invitations kind of in like a card and we just, you know, put like a couple asterisks and said there's seating only seating is only limited to select family members, but everyone can view the ceremony from the boardwalk. And so that way people felt like we weren't excluding them from the ceremony per se, but they just wouldn't have like a seat to sit in. And so, and I've talked to most of like my close friends and Matt's friends and we kind of explained the situation and, and everyone seemed to be pretty, pretty cool with it. Okay. And did you get any pushback from Disney on that idea or did you not really run that by them? <laughs> no, I definitely, I wanted to make sure that I mentioned it to my planner just in case, because one of my friends was freaking me out like, no, Disney's going to turn everybody away. And so I was like, okay, let me just at least run it by my planner. So she knows that that this is my idea. And she said, yep, as long as they stay on the boardwalk, then it's all fine. There's, you know, no problem. They just won't be able to be on the lawn area, which actually the day of, they did allow people to be on the lawn area. And I think you recently interviewed a, a bride that had the same thing happen at Seabreeze Point. So I don't know if they're getting like lax with that or I, I don't know, but they ended up letting people stand on the lawn. So it ended up being great. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, that's great to hear. So tell me a bit about how you chose the Yacht Club gazebo and then what reception venue you chose at the Swan and Dolphin. Yeah, so I have, again, being from Orlando, my family, we've gone to Disney a bunch and sometimes we would just go and walk around the boardwalk. And actually, since I was like 14 years old, I've loved the Yacht Club gazebo there's like pictures my mom has of me and my sister like pretending to get married like she's you know we're standing there in the gazebo like holding hands because we just always were like oh wouldn't this be like the most romantic place for a wedding and so I have just always loved that gazebo and so kind of again once I realized like Matt was the one and we're probably going to get married. I really was like, okay, let's look into like if this could actually happen in this dream space was envisioned. For the reception space, I really had a vision. You know, I just really wanted this like garden theme with market lights. And I always like envisioned like fountains and like a patio kind of feel with like greenery. And so once we had sort of decided, okay, Swan and Dolphin is flexible on their pricing, then it was like, okay, do they have, you know, a space that sort of fits the vision. And there's one picture of the Crescent Terrace dressed up very nicely for an event at night with the market lights and everything. And that was like the one picture I saw it and I was sold and I was like, okay, this can absolutely happen. It's got, you know, similar vibe to what I was thinking of, minus the fountains, but you know, 
can't have everything, right? So <laughs> you have that waterway right there with all the boats. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's great. Okay. So for the escape package, which options did you choose? So for the floral, we I think they just recently changed their floral options, but when we were planning the Cascading Beauty was one of the options. So I chose that. I love lilies. They're my favorite flower. So as soon as I saw there was a bouquet that had lilies, I was like, okay, sold. And then I actually asked my planner if I could switch out the rose colors for like lavender or lilac colored roses. And she said, yeah, that was no problem. So I actually did the Cascading Beauty. I also um, switched out the lilies. Instead of pink stargazer lilies, they were white. They were all white. And they still smelled really beautiful, but they were just all white instead of pink. And then I also cut off some of the ivy. I asked that. I wasn't a big fan of, like, the ivy look. So I asked them if we could just have, like, greenery instead. And they said, no problem. So that was my floral. So our cake was actually another, like, custom thing. I asked my planner if we could go a custom route. So we actually did. I saw on the Disney weddings on their Facebook that they posted a cake with all these Disney movie quotes on it. And I was like, oh, love that. So that was kind of the inspiration and we fit it into our theme a little bit more. So we had our custom cake and we used actually Wishes filling flavors for our cake filling. So we had the vanilla with hazelnut crunch and we had the chocolate with the gray stuff filling, which was awesome. And did they give you a credit for the basic escape package and then just charge you the difference for your custom design? Yeah, they just charged us a $99 fee. That was all that we paid to have a completely custom cake with custom fondant on the outside and then upgraded cake flavors. Got it. And did you serve the cake there at the escape ceremony site or did you take it over to your reception site? We actually took it over to our reception site, which was great because at Swan and Dolphin, they were going to include a cake, but because we had one and we were bringing one, that kind of saved us some money over there. So got kind of a credit back from them for that cake portion. So we just kind of did a staged cake cutting after the ceremony and took a couple pictures in the gazebo with the cake. And then we boxed it up. My sister, the maid of honor, she took it over to Swan and Dolphin and they set it up for us there. And it looked perfect. Like it hadn't ever been moved, you know, a couple hundred yards away. So that worked out really well. That's fantastic. Yeah. And um, we also, for photography, we chose the family photo session, like the resort photo session, because that was kind of another like perk we gave to our guests. Since not all of our family members were going to make it into the 18, we kind of said, well, we're also offering this opportunity for you guys to take photos with your families. You know, my cousins just had on each side, they both just had kids. And so that way they could kind of get some nice professional pictures with their families. And then also me and like all my cousins with my grandma, we could get some of those shots that maybe we wouldn't have gotten during the wedding with everything being so crazy. So we did the family photo shoot, which worked out really well. Everybody really liked it. So tell me about that, because don't they have a limit of like 18 or 20 people who can go to the family photo shoot? How did you work that? They told us up to 40. Wow. So Disney Fine Photography told us um, 40 people. We could have up to 40 people. And so it worked out great. I was able to request a photographer, just like you know a lot of the brides do. I requested Ollie, and we got him, and he was awesome to work with. And so we just did it like at the boardwalk. And they just did a couple of like the whole group shots. And then 
they did the individual families. And then Matt and I got to take like a couple of like silly pictures at the end when there was like some extra time. So yeah, they told us no problem as long as it was under 40. That's fascinating. And did you do it on a different day and just tell your guests, hey, if you want to do this show up here at this time or? Yep. So we did it the day before, which was a little hectic, (laughs) you know, a little hectic doing that the day before the wedding. Um, I would maybe suggest doing it like two days before, but also with everybody coming in at different times, that was really the best time for it to work. Or maybe doing it after the wedding would be um, a good tip. But yeah, we just told our family, it was only open to obviously our close family. I have a pretty big extended family. I'm really close with my aunts and uncles and cousins and all that. So we kind of just got the word out through the family channels like, hey, this is what we're doing on this day. I'm a crazy planner. So I sent my family numerous itineraries for the week. So they were probably annoyed with me by the end of it all. But so they knew where, where it was going, you know, going to be and what time and everything like that. So that's kind of how we got that word out. And Matt did the same for, for his family members. That's great. What a great idea. Thanks. Yeah, so the music uh, for the violin, we chose just one violinist. We didn't, I kind of wrestled a little bit with should we add another one or not. But what I actually ended up doing is last minute I heard through the Diz Brides Facebook group actually that you could request a violinist even if you were escaped. So I sent a quick email to my planner. I requested Rob Kerr and he was phenomenal. He was probably one of the best parts of the day. Honestly, he was so good. It sounded like there was more than one violinist. So I'm so happy that I did that. And then I asked if we could request him and that he was available. I actually saw him on the GMA Royal Wedding they had the other day. I saw he was one of the main, you know, violinists there. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, he was our violinist. So it just that was kind of a cool moment. He was so good. So we had that. And then for the transportation, We chose to use our limo with our family and friends also the night before the wedding. After our rehearsal dinner, we went to Disney Springs just to like grab a drink and have a cocktail and cheers to the next day. So um, we took everybody over to Disney Springs in the limo and then back again to the Yacht Club. So that worked out well, too. That's great. Now, did you plan your reception at the Swan via the wedding planning company Just Mary, or did you just work directly with the Swan? So I worked directly with the Swan, with their catering division, and they were great. They were super flexible. Like I said, they, you know, were really happy to get us, you know, within whatever budget, you know, that we had. And so they were really accommodating and they were really great to work with. That's cool. And so did they have food and beverage minimums or a venue fee? They didn't have a venue fee. I believe, if my memory is correct, they had a $5,000 food and beverage minimum, but there was no venue fee. And that, as long as we, you know, hit that minimum, that included like basic linens and silverware and dishes and, you know, chairs, upgraded chairs. And it included a lot with that. And so with the number of guests we had, I knew we would pretty easily meet that $5,000 minimum. Got it. So how did you select vendors for the reception for things like floral and decor and a DJ? For the floral, actually, I heard on one of your podcasts, I heard a while back, right when I first started planning, a bride who had used Publix, the Publix in um, Celebration, Florida, near Disney. And so I was like, hmm, okay, that might be an option. I knew that my centerpiece idea would be pretty expensive. I really was set on the very tall candlestick like 
centerpieces with the big round floral arrangements. So I knew that was going to probably be pricey. So trying to just save as much, you know, as I could, I was like, well, let's see if that's something they could even do. And surprisingly, you know, when I contacted them, they were great also to work with. And I just kind of ran them by, you know, my idea, showed them some photos of my inspiration. And they were like, yeah, sure, we can definitely do this. So we did our centerpieces and the like cake table and sweetheart table floral all through Publix. And then of course, we just did the Disney side for like personal floral for me for my bouquet and then for corsages and boutonnieres. For my bridesmaids, we just did um, silk, we just made our own bouquets just to kind of save some money there. The DJ, I just used one of the popular wedding planning websites, I think it was Wedding Wire, someone who had previously done a couple of swan and dolphin weddings before. For photography, we actually have a family friend who got engaged right around the same time. And I saw their engagement photos. And I was like, Oh, yep, that's what I need. Like, I need that style, that look, that's exactly what I was looking for. Because I was kind of not set on a photographer initially. And so once I saw their pictures and then saw the, the price range for that photographer, I was like, oh, yeah, definitely that's who we're using for that. Did Publix deliver and set up your floral also, or did somebody have to go pick it up? Yes, they did. They did deliver and set up all of our floral, which actually they got a flat tire on the way to, yeah, on the way to the reception. Thankfully, I didn't know too much about that happening at the time. My sister answered the phone call and I heard my bridesmaids talking about it in the background, but I was just in the zone. So I just tried not to, you know, pay any attention to it. They tried to shield me from it as much as possible, but it got there. I mean, they, they came through, they got there. It was all set up. Like by the time we made it to the reception, everything was great. So they, you know, even with a flat tire, they pulled through for us. So yes, they set up everything and delivered it. That's great. We didn't do outside rentals for like dishes or linens, you know, upgraded linens or anything like that. Swan and Dolphin was very accommodating and open to that. They said we could have pretty much anyone. They didn't have like a set vendor list or anything like that. But we really were happy with what they provided us in that way. So we just kind of went with, you know, what they had for for that. Got it. Okay. So when you were planning, what were the three most important aspects where you focused your time or your budget? Definitely the food. You know, we wanted to have food that we loved, that we thought our guests would love. Even though we didn't have a ton of options, we only went with a macaroni and cheese station for like the main course. We did a macaroni and cheese station and a carving station, a beef carving station, those are two things that like he his favorite was the beef, my favorite was the mac and cheese. And so we were pretty much going to have those at any cost. So that was big on our list. Also having an open bar, you know, we just really wanted our guests to have a good time, not worry about, you know, we knew the expense was a lot coming down for those who did travel to Disney. It was a lot for them. So we wanted to just have lots of food, lots of drinks. Also decor, I was very much detail oriented in all the decor. I wanted to have every last detail accounted for. So I spent a lot of our budget on those little decor things and little extras. And then also the floral. Again, just the centerpieces were 
by far one of the more expensive items just because I had this vision of these very tall, very big centerpieces with the big floral. So that was a, a big focus of the budget. Okay. So then what three aspects were less important where you saved your money or you saved time? Definitely the extra rentals, you know, the dishes and the linens and stuff. We were just pretty happy with the things that they provided us. I'm trying to think. I didn't, uh, there was a lot of things that I was just kind of like, you know what, I'm going for it. This is, you know, one time uh, thing. So I, you know, pretty much everything I went big, but also dress steaming. That was another thing. We, I didn't have any sort of company come in and like steam my dress or steam my bridesmaids dresses. Again, I think also because we didn't travel on a plane or anything like that, it was a little bit easier to get away with that. Um, but we just brought like a handheld steamer and steamed our dresses for the guys like shirts and things. We actually bought colored shirts for the guys to wear. Um, so that was sort of part of their gifts. And so we had those steamed like before we gave them to them. So we kind of saved some money there as well. Great. Can you give my listeners a basic timeline for your day? I think I woke up like right around eight o'clock. The nice thing about we had a 5 p.m. ceremony time. So I was able to sleep in a little bit, which I liked for that reason. So I woke up around eight and hair and makeup started around 1115. So in the morning, we just kind of um, before they got there, my mom was brilliant and thought to have the room made up. So it, we had a nice, like pretty <laughs> landscape for taking pictures in the room beforehand. So we had that done and just kind of, you know, got ready little odds and ends. And so hair and makeup started about 1115. There was five of us or six of us, I want to say five bridesmaids plus me and my mom. So seven of us getting hair and makeup done. So that's why they started a little bit earlier. And then our photographers got there right around 1230 um, and just were kind of taking pictures of us getting ready. I had like some props and things, you know, again, lots of little details that I spent too much money on. But we did, you know, different little pictures with different props I had. So everyone was ready, I think, around right around three o'clock. Actually, a little bit earlier it was probably around 230. So I actually went down and did a first touch with Matt right like in the back courtyard area of the yacht club like looking out onto the lake um we kind of just he was on one corner of the building and I was on the other so we did a first look uh touch and then I did a first look with my dad because we had some extra time I actually wasn't planning on doing that I didn't think that we had time for it but we did so that worked out really nice and then I did more pictures with the bridesmaids starting at around like three-ish, 3.15. And then I met our planner, Chrissy. She was amazing. I met her right around four o'clock in the lobby of the Yacht Club. That's when also I got my bouquet. So just that's a like definite tip I would recommend to escape people is that you don't get your bouquet until like your planner gets there an hour before. And I asked them if it could come earlier just for like the sake of taking pictures. But they, that was a hard no. I asked like two or three times and still got told <laughs> no. So, so then we kind of, after I got my bouquet and all of that, we kind of took some more pictures now that I had my bouquet with me. And then before I knew it, it was uh, like 4.45 and 
they walked us to the spot to start walking down the aisle and we started our ceremony at five. We did the cake and champagne, the stage cake cutting, and we had the champagne and took pictures with our bridal party and our families that were part of the 18. And then our reception formally started at 6.30. So we had a cocktail hour from like 5.30 to 6.30 for the rest of the guests while the, you know me and Matt were like taking pictures. And then the reception officially started at 6.30. That's great. Can you see high fireworks from Crescent Terrace? You cannot. Not from inside the terrace because they have trees, like almost like a canopy of trees above you. Mm. You can see them from just outside of it, especially on the bridge that connects Yacht Club to the Swan and Dolphin. So I had every intention of going out at nine o'clock when I've got fireworks started and taking um, firework pictures, but we were having too much fun on the dance floor. So I knew it was nine o'clock because we heard them. We could hear the fireworks. And I was like, oh, shoot, I think we're supposed to go take pictures now. Ah, that's okay. We'll keep dancing. So, <laughs> But I think it would be possible if you just walk right outside to the to the bridge, it would be possible to see the high fireworks there. Got it. Okay. So what ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? One of my favorite memories definitely would be, you know, that time in between the ceremony and reception with Matt, like when we were walking the boardwalk, taking pictures. I that is just my favorite spot in all of Disney. It is, you know, it's just so special to me for so and it has been for so many years. And so just kind of having the stressful part, you know, over and the party awaiting us and, you know, just kind of walking around. Our photographers like ran us over some food from the cocktail hour. So we're like taking pictures while stuffing our face with cocktail hour food. And, you know, just kind of that feeling of, you know, relief that, you know, the big part was over and now we could go have fun um, with everyone. That was definitely one of my favorite moments. And also, something that really stands out to me is just the morning time with my with my friends, you know, getting ready in our rooms and, you know, just listening to music and taking pictures and all of that. That was probably a, a good second, really strong second favorite memory. That's wonderful. So besides the Publix delivery person getting a flat tire, did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? A couple things, um, nothing too major. One of our, uh, the DJ actually, the microphones had some interference, I guess because of those trees um, that are there in the Crescent Terrace area. So the microphones were like not working 100%. So our introductions were a little jumbled because of that. And then when we were trying to do like a thank you to everybody, was we had to keep like moving around trying to find the best spot um, to, you know, talk. But um, it wasn't anything super major. And the rest of the speakers and everything, that all worked fine. So it was just the microphones when they when we needed them. Also, the chairs. So they put out chairs for Matt and I and our bridal party. And we had eight people in our bridal party standing up. So there was like 10 chairs that were put out for us. And they were also, the way the sun was hitting, there was literally half of them in the sun and half of them not in the sun. And so everybody pretty much sat on the side that was not in the sun. And so in the pictures, you've got like one or two people on the side in the sun. And so 
that I wish was something I would have maybe thought about ahead of time or talked to my planner about because in the pictures it kind of looks a little bit empty. But again, nothing like super, super major. And then we also had a game station. So we, uh, my brother-in-law actually made us like giant Jenga and cornhole. And, you know, we just had some board games and card games um, just as an alternative, you know, for people that didn't maybe want to dance. But it was kind of separate from the rest of the reception. It was out on the lawn, actually. And at Crescent Terrace, they have, it's kind of divided by these hedges. And so I think it just kind of, got lost out there, especially at night, even though we did have extra lighting, we paid our DJ to bring extra lighting for out there for when it got dark. I think it was just too separate. And people felt like they were leaving the reception going out there to play the games. Again, especially like after cocktail hour, and once the sun went down. And so that didn't really like, hit it off as much as I had envisioned in my mind that it would. But I guess that means everybody was having fun on the inside, I hope at least so. (laughs) Was there any aspect of the wedding that seemed like a big deal beforehand or you were worried about and then it turned out not to be? Definitely the whole 18 guests thing. (laughs) The whole, you know, putting it on the invitation and were people going to be upset and who our 18 guests were going to be because, you know, we didn't want to exclude anybody or break up families But then it felt weird, like leaving one of those very coveted seats empty, you know, so it was kind of a that I went through so many diagrams of like setting up chairs and putting people where they needed to go. And that was very stressful for a while. But it actually it worked out great. They, again, they let people stand on the lawn. And so most people were pretty close to the ceremony itself. We also had our rooms. So um, Matt and I were staying at the Yacht Club um, since we had to stay on Disney property. Um, So that's where our rooms were. And so we actually had rooms that faced the gazebo. And so I had um, several of my family members actually watch the ceremony from the balcony of our rooms that we had. Thankfully, we had connecting rooms. So we had two balconies. So I had like six of my cousins up there um, watching um, the ceremony from up there, um, which was really cool and really special and I think really, you know, different and unique. Another thing is also I was really worried about the sound. Um, I wanted to get my uncle, he was our efficient, I wanted to get him a mic um, because I just thought with all the lurkers being so far back and everything, nobody would be able to hear anything. And so I asked Disney actually a couple times um, if we could bring our own mic because the price that they wanted to charge us was crazy and I just couldn't bring myself to pay it. But they kept telling us no. I asked like two or three different times to my planner like, please, please, is there any way we can bring our own battery operated mic? And she just kept saying all the audio had to go through Disney. So I was really worried about the sound and people not being able to hear it, but that ended up being like a non-issue. Okay, that's great to hear. Is there anything you know now that you wish you'd known when you were planning? Definitely, I wish I would have known Disney would have been okay with people standing on the lawn because that would have saved me a lot of grief. I mean, I think they have to, I I get it, they have to, you know, it's an escape wedding and, you know, if people were standing on the boardwalk, I think it would have been just as fine. But it was nice, it was a nice uh, surprise that day that they were letting people stand pretty close to the actual ceremony. So, 
Um, I wish I would have known that, though, just because I would have saved myself a lot of grief. Also, I think I we went back and forth a lot on videography, um, and I know that's something that people always talk about and question. We didn't have it in our budget to have videography, but after the wedding, I definitely felt like I wish I had it. Not necessarily for us to watch, like, years from now and relive, you know, our wedding per se, but honestly because... I just forgot so many moments throughout the day. It's such a busy, crazy day that you just forget things. And, you know, I would have people tell me things weeks later or memories would come back to me randomly and I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know. And so I kind of wish that we had videography just to, in the days after our wedding, relive our wedding and sort of remember things that had gotten sort of lost in the shuffle. That's definitely, you know, something that I wish I would have known I would be feeling after the wedding. Got it. Okay, those are great tips. Do you have any other tips for someone who might be considering an escape event or maybe combining it with a reception at the Swan and Dolphin? Yeah, just definitely ask a lot of questions, you know, especially with escape. You don't get that planning session. You don't get to really meet your planner until the day of, you know, the wedding. Um, So just asking every single question, you know, an example of, you know, me asking a question that worked out really, really well was the violinist situation. And I am so happy that I asked it because, you know, it really, it changed the theme, the mood of our day, I think, having such a great, you know, music backdrop. But then in the case of the chairs, I didn't ask that question because I just kind of thought like, well, I know that they're going to put out chairs for us. So why bother asking if they can take those away or not, you know, put out chairs for us. And so I wish I would have, you know, because of what happened with, you know, the sun and the lighting and the pictures and all of that. So just ask every single question that you can possibly think of. And even if you get told no, I mean, honestly, just for the microphones, that was really the only thing that Disney said no to me about really and the and the flowers getting delivered earlier but otherwise everything else that I asked they were pretty accommodating with so just ask lots of questions and with swan and dolphin again people I think see their prices and think well I might as well have wishes for that price but you don't have the minimums to meet and you can therefore save money you know in other ways like using Publix or doing DIY stuff you don't have those minimums that come along with wishes. And so that makes it a little bit more flexible. And they are so willing to work with you on the budget and what, you know, you envision for your day. So definitely, again, ask questions and don't be scared off, you know, by their initial pricing. They do room blocks. And so we actually did our room block through them as well because it was a little less scary than doing it the Disney way, which I hear is, always a nightmare from Disney brides is worrying about the crazy room blocks. So it was such a stress-free process doing our room block through Swan and Dolphin. You know, our, our guests didn't get things like Disney's Magical Express or, you know, some of the little perks of being with Disney, a Disney hotel, but, you know, they still got extra magic hours. They got a great rate um, and they were just as close to, you know, all the parks and everything else. Also, one thing that I wish I kind of, knew about after the wedding is that I wish I would have hired someone to handle like the setup of our reception space. I actually heard about Bride's Kick and Rachel Lyle's um, service, I don't know, maybe like two weeks after our wedding. It was really soon after our wedding. 
And I was like, oh, man, that would have been perfect. I was so bummed because I didn't know about her services while I was planning. Because um, if you're working with Swan and Dolphin directly, they actually don't set up any reception decor, like centerpieces and guest books and like table settings and all that. So um, I ended up asking some family members to help with that, which was great. And they were happy to help us. But um, they actually had another wedding at, at Crescent Terrace happening before ours. And so our family couldn't get in to set up until like 3.30. And then we had a five o'clock ceremony time starting. So um, it was cutting it close. You know, they made it and everything worked out fine, but it just was a little bit stressful. And so it really would have helped, I think, having Rachel or if I would have thought to maybe hire some other, you know, wedding planning service just for like the day of to help over there at Swan and Dolphin just so that I wouldn't have to worry about it. And that way they wouldn't have had to like rush to get over to the ceremony. And it definitely would have been a little less stressful for me in the days and hours leading up to the wedding. Okay. These are great tips. Is there any place online where my listeners can go to read about or see photos of your day? Yeah. Um, I have photos on my Instagram. I have my albums on Facebook are public and I also have a planning journal that I did on the Disboards um, website. So you can find my planning journal that has tons of pictures of like the planning process and all of that stuff. Fantastic. I will also put a slideshow of photos from your wedding in the post for this episode on DisneyWeddingPodcast.com, which you can also access from within iTunes by clicking the link. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I think this has been really helpful for anyone who's planning an escape wedding or a swan and dolphin wedding, or they want to combine the two. And I appreciate your taking the time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com. <laughs>